This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to another episode of Kindled Podcast, a show about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. I'm your host, Haley Williams. Join me as I talk with women just like you. They are entrepreneurs, corporate employees, stay-at-home moms, and everything in between. We chat about work, mom life, and how God's grace is transforming us through our unique and beautiful stories. Love for God and perseverance for our assignments is kindled in our hearts as we look to Him and preach the gospel to ourselves and each other. We are making and being made. Come join us. Well, hey friends, welcome to episode 58. This is Kindled and I am your host, Haley Williams. Today I'm going to be doing something a little different than what I normally do. I'm not having an interview with another lady. Um, I am doing a solo episode and it's an episode that has been brewing in my heart um, for a long time, really, as a, as a, a conglomerate of thoughts and prayers and um you know, just things that I am learning have all kind of uh, surfaced recently. So I want to share that with you uh, because I'm not good at hiding who I really am. Um, I'm not good at hiding how I really feel um, and what I really know to be true, which I I hope I'm not good at that. I want to speak the truth and uh, speak the truth in love. So that is what I am seeking to do today. Uh, But before we get going into that, I want to tell you about the sponsor making today's episode possible. SEO Made Simple. Now, SEO Made Simple are classes that are hosted by my friend Meg Clark, and they're online. And so you can actually do everything from the convenience and comfort of your own home in your jammies to learn how to improve your own website. I know a lot of you have your own businesses and I bet most of you either have a WordPress site or a Squarespace site. Conveniently, Meg has a class for both. They're both $99 and with the code KINDLED, you get $25 off, making it $74 for two plus hours of hands-on training techniques and how-tos when it comes to getting your site found online. Now, I'm a web designer, so I know just how often people forget that it's not simply having a website that counts. It's actually getting eyeballs on that website. That's the key. And that is where Meg comes in. Her teaching is fantastic. It's very easy to follow and very helpful. I have taken her course, um, the one for WordPress, because those are the sites that I have. And even as a web designer, I learned some stuff in there. So I really highly encourage you to check this out. If you are struggling with your website, um, not getting the leads in the business you want, I know that this class can actually help you. So go check that out at seomadesimple.co and use the coupon code KINDLED to get $25 off. All right, guys, now for today's episode. So you know how normally I sit down with another woman and we talk about her work, her motherhood, and how she's seeing God's grace in her life? Today, we're not going to do that. I have something on my heart, and it's been on my heart and mind for months, years, um, but it has really bubbled up a lot lately, 
um, especially in the context of the world of social media and the delightful world of Instagram, where you can get a glimpse into the mind of pretty much anyone, you know, actually, really, any um, speaker, author, you know, celebrity, whoever, whoever you want to know what they're thinking, they're putting it on Instagram. Um, but what, what I want to talk about today is an issue that may not sound very sexy to you. It may not sound um, very exciting, but it's this issue of the authority of scripture. And the question that I want to ask at the outset of this, and then again at the end, is who gets to say? Who gets to say what is true, what is right? Who gets to decide? Who has ultimate authority? This is the central question that we need to be asking ourselves as believers when we are evaluating anybody's response, including our own, to current events, to interpretation of scripture, to what the world says is right or wrong. We need to be asking the question, who gets to decide who has ultimate authority here? So the reason I'm bringing this up is because there are, you know, there's not just one. There's a lot of influencers out there in Instagram land uh, that have taken it upon themselves to um, interpret scripture for others. And in their interpretation, um, they are straying away from traditional biblical Christian values. And in doing so, they're actually attracting a whole slew of mostly women, um, but people who are delighted that they are speaking out, that they are flying in the face of what the historical stance has been on a number of issues, how scripture has traditionally been interpreted and um, and it's, you know, what I think is just so shocking to me is, is not that, um, not that it's happening, but that so few people are speaking the truth in the face of all of the untruth that is being really just spewed across the internet. Um, and I want to be clear here. I am speaking about not just any influencer who or any just random celebrity. I'm, I, I am specifically referring to Christian, self-proclaimed Christian authors, um, speakers, motivational speakers, um, leaders in, you know, in the ministry world. Uh, I'm speaking about those people. I'm not talking about non-believers. I'm not talking about people who do not claim to be Christians. I would not be surprised to see untruths being spread on their Instagram feed. I don't go to them to look for truth. But I am surprised. I am taken back when I find on someone who is a self-proclaimed believer and a Christian to to find heretical teaching. I am I am um it does make me pause when you see the name of Jesus being slapped right up next to all kinds of other manner of things that 
have really absolutely nothing to do with Jesus or the Bible or God or anything that he says they're in, in his word. So why I want to, why I want to do this is because I don't see a whole lot of people doing it, frankly. And I don't know if the reason is that, um, you know, people are afraid of, uh, being contrary or, um, hurting feelings or they already have, you know, they have a a relationship or friendship with these people and they don't want to damage their social reputation. They have more to lose than I do. Um, They have, you know, lots of books and publishing deals and ministries and all kinds of things. Um, And, and my intent is actually not to slander anyone specifically. Um, That's not the goal here. my My intent is not to slander at all. My intent is to call attention to lies that are parading as truth so that we as believers, as Christian women can be on guard so that we can be sober minded and alert so that we can be awake so that when you're scrolling your feed and you see things that kind of, you know, maybe sound kind of good and just feel really good that you have some sort of a gauge to know whether or not it is true and aligns with scripture. I think it's really important that we do that. And number one, for you to be able to do that, you need to read the, your Bible. You're not, gonna, you're not going to have a good gauge on whether anything is true or not if you're not in the word. You know, really, you, you, can't. You, can't take, um, you can't take someone else's opinion or word for it. You can't take my word for it. Um, you can't replay this podcast every time you're out and about in the world or consuming media or messages or, uh, you know, scrolling your phone and seeing things from popular Christian influencers or authors that you love and have read their books and, you know, followed them for years and, and think they're hilarious and awesome and funny. You're not, your guard is not up in those scenarios. You, it's easy to consume media that, um, feels comfortable and is really, uh, you know, honestly presented extremely well in, in a very favorable light in a really easy to digest manner. Um, it's warm and inviting and inclusive of everyone and, and there's no wrong and there's no, you know, sin and there's no justice and there's no, um, there's no payment for sin required. Um, so anyways, that's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm having this. That's why I'm talking about this. I get a ton of messages from you guys when I do talk about this on Instagram. And you're just extremely like you get fired up. You're like, why is no one talking about this? And so I just decided to do an episode on it. Also, I pulled you and you said to do an episode. So, okay, I am going to ask again, who who gets to have the final authority when there is a dispute amongst Christians about what scripture says or about how we should live or about what lifestyles are acceptable or about what is or isn't sin. So before we get into that conversation, I think that we need to just establish some ground, some ground rules here. And, and that is the context that we are having this conversation in. And I think it's important to know when we're having this conversation, because that makes all the difference. So what you need to understand about the day that we live in is that we are living in a postmodern age. Now, if you don't know what that is, I am going to tell you. Um, 
according to postmodern philosophy, society, this is actually the definition straight from Wikipedia. So here you go. According to postmodern philosophy, society is in a state of constant change. There is no absolute version of reality, no absolute truths. Postmodern religion strengthens the perspective of the individual and weakens the strength of institutions and religions that deal with objective realities. Okay, so essentially, in case that was confusing, postmodern philosophy says there are no absolutes, everything is in flux, everything is always changing, everything is relative, everything is subjective. My reality may not be your reality. What's true for me is not true for you. Um, Your rules are not my rules. I don't have to live by any, you know, any set uh, standard or rule laid out by anyone. So that's postmodern philosophy. So postmoderns typically reject any sort of foundationalism. And that is um, the view that some set of ideas or some person or people or some organization is the ultimate reference point against which truth, power, and authority of all else must be judged. So as a result, we live in a time that is increasingly characterized by rejection of all authority. So for many people alive today, it's unthinkable that any religious belief or book should be the ultimate arbiter in a dispute about anything. I mean, that doesn't surprise you, right? Uh, you, you find you know, mockery of Christians all over and just the, the ridiculousness of the idea that we would let a book tell us how to live. You know, like the book could know what we're dealing with today in such a different time. This is just such a different time than when that book was written. How could it have anything to say about our lives today, right? It's a really common um, feeling today in the world. So the mood of our times is one of rampant individualism, emphasizing that what is true for me, and that means whatever approach to life increases my enjoyment and reduces my pain, suffering, and inconvenience is true. What is true is only true for me. That also means what is true for you is not true for me. It also means that I'm at the center of the universe. Okay, but we'll get to that later. So um, so the question of authority in a culture like this, in a postmodern culture, is really hard and really uncomfortable for a lot of people because we are skeptical of all authority. We are in an era of post-truth. We don't know who to trust, what to trust. And so within these institutions that used to be trustworthy, like, uh, you know, various religions or political systems or leaders, we don't know who to trust anymore. Everything is post-truth. So we live in this culture that for a long time has basically said, you as an individual are the only one that you can trust. The response to that distrust of, uh, of organizations and institutions is the individual alone can be trusted. And so you alone can determine your destiny, who you are, who you are meant to be, even on things as fundamental as gender. Our society says only you can define that for yourself. How you were created does not matter. 
You get to decide. So that's the age we live in. Now, Christianity as a system of beliefs has historically held that the Bible, the Word of God, the inspired and errant Word of God, the scriptures, the holy scriptures, are the ultimate authority when it comes to our guideline of morality, our moral code and ethic as believers. The Christian ethic is outlined in the Bible. It starts with the Ten Commandments, and you have the very words of Jesus all throughout Scripture, um, all of his sermons. You have the entire inspired Word of God to lay out for us what does what is right and wrong, what is truth, what is the context for my life here on earth. Believers in Christ submit to the authority of the Word of God. And they submit to scripture alone. You might have heard the term solo scriptura, and that means scripture alone. It actually came out of a time when Martin Luther was studying the the word, and he was finding that the Catholic Church at the time, the Roman Catholic Church, was inserting itself in a place that it didn't belong. And it was actually saying, no, the final, final authority is not the scriptures. The final authority is the pope. And this, you know, this institution of the church and the leaders that we put in place. And so that's the final authority. And he disagreed. And so he nailed his 95 theses to the wall or to the door of Wittenberg Castle, pronouncing that the Bible was the central religious authority and that humans could only reach salvation by faith and not by works. And that act sparked the Protestant Reformation. I'm not going to get into that. I just wanted to mention that that is where this idea of scripture alone kind of originated, as far as I understand. Okay, so that happened. That was in 1517. So that was about 500 years ago. I'm not a history um, expert. I'm also not a Bible scholar. But what I do know is that we have had 500 years of time that has gone by, and the same question that Luther was asking is the same question that we have to ask ourselves today. Who has the final authority? Who gets to decide And I submit to you as a believer, as a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, if you say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, I believe in Jesus, I believe in the death and the resurrection, and I believe that I will be glorified in heaven with him someday and live for eternity because I have accepted him as my Lord and Savior. If that describes you, then you have a monumental decision to make today, friend. You have to decide who has the final say? Who is the ultimate authority in your life? And the reason you have to decide this is because you live in a postmodern, post-truth era of human history. And it's one in which you are told that no one but you knows what is best for you. And it is also one in which you are told by people who believe that no one but me knows what is best for you. 
There are a whole lot of people out there who would love for you to jump on their bandwagon and raise your flag and fly the flag of the church of fill in the blank, whatever influencer or Christian, whatever you want to say is the one there driving the ship. Um, They would love nothing more than to welcome you into the church of themselves. And they're doing it every day on their platforms. But the, the real question for us as Christians is who gets to say, is it the individual, is it you and me, and the influencers of the world, the influencers of Instagram, or is it the word of God? Is it the inspired, inerrant word of God? I would submit to you, you're not surprised by this, but I would submit to you that God alone is the creator who has knowledge of the heavenly realm and is therefore qualified to speak definitively. And, you know, this is exactly what he's done in his word. Over and against worthless human speculation about the divine, God has spoken truth. In fact, his every word proves true. Proverbs 35. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. The Bible is reliable in the whole as well as it is in its parts. And so it's pure folly to attempt to add to its words. To do so is actually to open yourself up to God's rebuke and expose yourself as a liar. So why am I talking about the authority of scripture if I'm also talking about influencers? The reason these two things are meeting is because there's a whole lot of people proclaiming themselves to be Christians and then abandoning the word of God in their interpretation of what Jesus meant by um, sin or what Jesus meant by um, the church even. They're redefining things without God's word on the table, without even having their Bibles open. What we do when we encounter differences between what feels right or merciful to us and what scripture says is true indicates who our final authority is. And so what I'm seeing are people who are running rampant and wild with subjective truth and in the other hand, holding on to Jesus. They have Basically, this postmodern, post-truth culture has seeped into traditional Christian culture and teaching and um, upheld belief and thought, and it is upending it. It is turning it is turning it inside out. Now, do I believe the Word of God can withstand anything that man puts it to? Of course. I'm not worried about God and His Word. Um, being thwarted really by these people. But what I am worried about is the weaker brother. What I am worried about is the Christian woman who is following, you know, the weaker sister, the, the woman who is following these influencers and sees Jesus and God and love and forgiveness and Bible and church all in the same sentence with teaching that is does not align with scripture and does not actually align with the intent of the heart of God, I believe, based on what we see in his word. And yet their ministries are growing. Their book sales are sky high. 
their Instagram accounts are growing by the hundreds daily, sometimes thousands. And so it's spreading. And we shouldn't be surprised that it's spreading because sin, when it is given a foothold, it doesn't just take the inch that you give it. It takes a mile. And I think it was, what's interesting is that we're seeing this among Christian evangelical women. This is, it's an anomaly. It's, you guys know what I'm talking about. We see it everywhere in social media. Um, women flocking by the thousands, um, hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions to influencers to tell them what to believe, what to think, how to react. How should I feel? How should I think about this? What does the Bible say? Going to the Jen Hatmakers, the Rachel Hollises, the Rachel Held Evans of the world and saying, tell me what to believe. Tell me who to be. Tell me what's okay. Tell me what God says. You know, tell me something other than what God says because the church hurt me and I need some hope. I need something else. Um, we see it every day. If you don't follow any of those accounts and you don't look at some of the, the comments that people leave on these accounts in response to any belief that is put out there by these people, just go look for yourself and look with that discerning eye of, do you see followers here? Not just, I don't mean social media followers. Do you see followers? Do you see congregants of the church of Jen Hatmaker, the church of Rachel Hollis? Um, and, and there's so many more. I mean, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to get into all of that, but as Christian women who are awake, and I don't mean woke, I just mean awake and alert and sober minded and know the day and age we live in and are, uh, and have our eyes open, we need to be on guard. We need to have, we need to have our, the lens of truth on when we are scanning our phones, when we are consuming messages and media put out by really anyone, of course, um, because you can't fully trust anyone. I mean, man is fallible. I am fallible. You need to put everything I say against the word of God and see if it's true. Don't just believe it because I say it. We need to increase the level of skepticism that we have for anything that any given person says. I mean, I'm a natural born skeptic, so I don't necessarily personally need to increase that. But in general, I think Christian evangelical women need to need to become a lot more skeptical about what they're hearing, the messages they're consuming. Is this true? Is this from the Bible? Or is this from a postmodern, post-truth, self-serving, self-oriented um individual who is calling themselves a Christian, but adopting a completely secular and worldly mindset. And, and them calling themselves a Christian has really no bearing on anything that Jesus actually lays out for believers who are living a life that is being sanctified by the Holy Spirit, who are growing in grace, who are changing and being transformed by the renewing of their minds. And becoming more and more like Christ, which is what sanctification is. You know, I think what it comes down to is people want Jesus as their Savior, but they don't want Him as their Lord. We've got an entire generation of quote-unquote Christians or Christ followers who love the idea of Jesus as this loving guy, the loving Savior, came to save the world, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that whosoever believed in him should not die, but have everlasting life. 
But what they don't want to accept and what they're not willing to fall in line under is this idea of the authority of that God, that when you are saved, you are saved not to sit there and keep being who you were. You are saved to actually come and die to yourself in order for the new man to be put on. As the Bible says, the old man has to die. That means everything you were before you were saved has to die. And the new man is made alive in Christ. And he's going to look a whole lot more like Jesus. Not right away. He's not going to be perfect on this earth, but he's going to be being made little by little more like Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit that is put in him when you are saved, when you become a believer in Jesus. But people don't want that. They don't want the lordship of God. They don't want the lordship of Jesus. They just want his saving. They just want his grace. They just want his love, but they don't want his lordship. And you just don't get to claim salvation and accept the gift of eternal life, but reject the very means by which God has chosen to reveal himself to men, the word of God, his word, his special revelation to us. You don't get to claim salvation, accept the gift, but reject the means by which he has chosen to reveal himself to you, his word, his inspired word. Joshua 24, 15 says, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose this day whom you will serve. That is what you and I have to do in this day of post-truth, in this day of um, subjective morality, of Uh, no absolute truth, of no universal truth, of no authority, we must choose who we will serve. And if you don't choose, it will be chosen for you because you won't not worship. You will worship. We are all worshipers. We are created to be worshipers, created to be worshipers of God. But if you choose not to worship God, you don't get to change who you are. You don't get to change the fact that you are a worshiper. You will just worship something else. You know, the funny thing about not wanting God to govern your life is that his governance is for our good. The governance of God is for our good. His lordship is for abundant life. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, John 10, 10. He does not come to make us live in a prison or a cage and say, you don't get to have any fun and your life is going to be terrible um, because I just want you to be miserable. (laughs) That's not, that's not the call of Christianity, but it is a call against this idea of no authority. It's a call to actually submit your will to that of Jesus Christ and to bow to his lordship and to scripture as a governing authority over your life, even when there are parts that are hard or you wish weren't there, even when there are things in it that don't make sense to us, even when there are things in it that we can't explain to our cousins or to our parents or to our friends or to our coworkers, even when we look lame and outdated and silly even when we look foolish. It will look foolish to the world. The Bible actually says that. 
1 Corinthians 2.14 says the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. So people who are not spiritual, meaning having the Holy Spirit, cannot receive the truths from God's spirit. It's gibberish. It's another language. It doesn't make sense. The Holy Spirit alone can open the eyes of a man's heart, open the eyes of a woman's heart. Not you or I, not us preaching at them, not a social media influencer telling them the truth, not you arguing with them on Facebook, only the Holy Spirit. And so when the things of God seem foolish to the world and you feel singled out and you feel isolated and you feel alone and you feel, um, you feel persecuted, you are. That's because... Christ was. And he said in John 15, 20, remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. So what did they do to Jesus when he spoke the truth, when he came with his message of truth, when he came and said, I am the Messiah, they killed him. They killed him. He died. And that is, that is the call of Christianity to come and die. And so it's countercultural. It's a difficult thing. Um, and, and then you've got the fact that there is a human aspect of leadership in the church and in this imperfect um, body of believers. It's understandable that people would be hurt by the church and that um, they would have complaints like, you know, some of these influencers do. Jen Hatmaker brings it up all the time um, that human leaders are imperfect and they do fail us from time to time. So I agree. Um, the church is not perfect. It's a body of imperfect believers. And so I understand the, the skepticism and the reticence that some people have to submit to the leadership of pastors and church leaders. But ultimately, Human, sh- human leadership that God appoints to govern and shepherd his church is for our good, it's for our stability, and our protection. And at its best, it is a crucial thing for our flourishing as individuals and for the flourishing of our churches. I'm not going to say the church is perfect. That's not what I'm here to argue. But the church is the body. Christ, Paul says that Christ is the head of the church. And the church is his body. So he's saying there's a union here. There's a one flesh connectedness. A head is necessarily connected to a body. The head directs the body and has authority over the body, but also needs a fully functioning body for effective movement in the world. So in this mysterious way, Christ has actually humbly attached himself to an imperfect body, those who believe in him, and loved this body, filling it with his sanctifying spirit so that it will be perfected for that future moment of without wrinkle, without spot glory. And in the meantime, the church is still imperfect. But God alone, as I said earlier, is the creator who has the knowledge of the heavenly realm and is therefore qualified to speak definitively about anything. God alone is the one who is qualified. I am not qualified. Rachel Hollis is not qualified. Jen Hatmaker is not qualified to speak definitively about anything. And God is, and that's exactly what he's done in his word, over and against our speculation about reality, about what is true. His word alone proves true. So in this groundswell of Christian women who have 
opened their hearts, and closed their Bibles. This groundswell is being ushered in by those proclaiming the name of Jesus while rejecting his word and redefining morality and truth. They have sought comfort for their aches and pains outside of the comfort of Jesus. They have allowed all manner of teachings to scratch their itching ears, and in doing so, they have afforded sin an opportunity. What happens when sin is afforded an opportunity is it deceives us and through the commandment puts us to death. This is what happens when we seek comfort everywhere but the cross, everywhere but the true word of God. And so to those of you who are still listening, still looking for truth and grappling with being in the growing minority of those who believe the word of God to be true and trustworthy and sharper than any two-edged sword, I have a serious question for you. Have we become so consumed with ascertaining the beliefs and views and perspectives of those we follow on social media or in the world that we are no longer concerned with the reality we live in that is governed by our God? Have we become so consumed with understanding the mind of that influencer that you love? Insert her name here. Have you, be, have you become so consumed, consumed with ascertaining her beliefs and her views and her perspectives that you have abandoned the mind of Christ, that you have put off the mind of Christ and put on the mind of it fill in the blank? Have we become so obsessed with being well-liked, and I do mean literally liked on Instagram and Facebook, that our desire for vir- virtual approval has grown from a little weed seeking community in the easiest and least difficult way to achieve it with people we didn't have to really face or deal with? Has it grown from that little weed into a soul-commanding giant that demands our ultimate obedience and worship? Has it devoured our hunger and thirst for righteousness and given us a hunger for connectedness? Vulnerability for the sake of vulnerability. Truth-telling that is anything but. Truth-telling that is really just expressing every whim and feeling of our hearts in this ocean of emotion and feelings with no anchor in truth, no substantive basis for right and wrong. Are we content to be more like the world than like Christ? The final thought I want to end with is... um, on one of these influencers' recent posts, I was scrolling through the comments because, you know, that's always fun and really entertaining. And so I saw a comment that said this. It said, more being like Jesus and less about Jesus. And that comment is the most telling and the most succinct way I know how to, that I, I really think it encapsulates all of these influencers' ideas. That commenter didn't realize that she had hit the nail on the head exactly of what they are saying. More being like Jesus, less about Jesus. And the problem with that is that you don't get to be like someone that you don't actually know. You don't get to be like someone who you know nothing about. You don't get to say, I'm like Jesus because I love in a vacuum without everything else about who he is. The fact that he lived perfectly, the fact that he came 
to this earth and undeservingly died a gruesome death because he wanted to pay the ransom for his creation, for us. The fact that he only had to come because a thing called the law exists, and it's God's law, and a thing called sin exists, and it's our failure to uphold the law. And he had to come and he had to do it perfectly. He had to uphold the law perfectly, and he did. And he was tempted just like us, and he was hungry just like us, and tired, and he felt pain just like us, and yet he died the death that you and I deserved. That's the real Jesus. That's the real Jesus Christ. That's the real Son of God, the perfect and spotless Lamb. He is love. He is grace. He is patience and kindness. But He is also righteousness. He is also perfectly just. He is also spotless. And He is also omnipotent, which means all-powerful. And He has all authority given to Him. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. The Great Commission was not to simply just try and look like Jesus without knowing who he was. The Great Commission was to make disciples and teach them to obey everything that he had commanded them. Because Jesus knows that the sign of a marked believer, the sign of true transformation is sanctification. First comes salvation, and then comes sanctification. You don't get one without the other. You don't have a saved, marked life transformed by the grace of God and not get a person who is being radically transformed from death to life. You just don't get that. That's not how God works. That's not the equation we're dealing with. That's not the offer on the table. And so that comment of being like Jesus without knowing about Jesus is exactly, exactly what the dangers these influencers don't maybe even realize. Maybe they do realize it, but it is exactly what they're doing. It's what they're creating. They're creating followers who want to be like him, but they don't want to know about him. And so you can't be like him because you don't know him. And so really what you end up being is you get a couple words associated with a person and you say, this is who he is. And it's your own personal version. It's your own personal Jesus. It's not the Jesus Christ, the son of God of the universe. He, it's just your version of Jesus, whoever you say Jesus is and not who he said he was. Another one of the comments left on this particular thread was, it is in your honesty and heart that I have found my way back to Jesus. I suspect that for every person you alienate with a truth they don't wish to acknowledge, you are bringing three more of us to Jesus. Preach on, sister. And while that on the face sounds good, it'd be great, right? If three three more of them were coming to Jesus with every quote-unquote truth that she put out there. The problem is they're not coming to know the Jesus of the Bible, the only Jesus that exists. The Jesus they're coming to know is one that doesn't exist. He's not real. The one that is being proffered and offered up by many of these influencers is one of their own creation, one that adheres to their own particular moral code, their own 
personal convictions, their own personal interpretation of scripture. How do they feel about what the Bible has to say on homosexuality? That's the version that those followers are getting is how that person feels on that particular issue and what God did or didn't mean and what he did or didn't say, or whether it does or doesn't count today as far as his governing law over our lives and how we live. That's the danger, friends. That is what's happening. More like Jesus, less about Jesus. We don't get to abandon the truth of who Jesus is and what he said in favor of acting like him because he was one in spirit and in truth. He was one in both his spirit and how he moved about the world and how he loved and how he healed and how he forgave and how he didn't throw stones and said, neither do I condemn you to to that adulterous woman who was caught in adultery. That's a Jesus that's really easy to sell. But is it easy to sell the Jesus who is also one with his father, the just God of the universe? who is righteous and cannot dwell with sin and had to make a way in order for there to be a bridge for us back to him and who does have final and ultimate authority over what is right and wrong over how we should live. And he's given us a guideline and an outline and a very prescriptive um, directive for how to do that in the Bible. Here's another comment. I don't know exactly what I believe anymore, but I do know my gut is usually right. And when I randomly stumbled across your FB posts and read your words, my gut said, now this sounds right. Again, did you hear it? Her truth is what her gut says. And my gut said, this was right. This sounds right. Again, who gets to decide? Is it your gut? Is it your feelings? Is it your thoughts? Is it your emotions? Who gets to decide, friends? That's the question I want to ask you today. And if you're a believer, it's a question you must have an answer to. You must know who has all authority and all power and who is governing you for your good and his glory, who delights to govern you and does it so well because he created you living under the influence of anybody else, but of anything else, but the true word of God and the Holy Spirit within you, if you are his, is just plain foolishness. So I hope that this episode has been helpful. I hope it's encouraged you, if nothing else, to open your Bible. I cannot, I cannot point you to any resource more helpful than that, more relevant or timely for this day and age, for the culture we live in, for the problems we're facing, the questions that we are asking, there is no place to go more appropriate than the word of God. So I hope that encouraged you um, and got you riled up, honestly, to speak the truth, speak the truth in love, whatever your circle is, wherever you find yourself today, whether that is in your home and you're training up your children in the way they should go, you can speak the truth in love to them about who who is lord who is the boss who is the king who is who is the one god who gets to say what we do and how we act and how we behave and who we are it starts there but if that circle is a friend group or a conversation or um a bible study or a neighborhood moms group or um you know the swimming pool or swimming lessons at the rec i don't know where it is um i'm not saying you have to go out and 
um, you know, ask everyone you meet if they're a Christian. That's not, but our lives should reflect our apologetics. Our lives should be an outworking of what we believe and why we believe it. And so I hope the next time that you are given an opportunity to speak up, um, maybe it's a conversation with some mom friends and current events come up and stuff that's in the news and, and you have an opportunity to speak the truth in love. You have an opportunity to be the light in the darkness. Um, that's our calling as believers. And that is our great privilege as his, as his children. So that is all I have for you today. And I would love to engage you in conversation on this issue um, on my social media platform. The irony of that uh, does not escape me. But if you want to talk to me about um, your thoughts, your takeaways, uh, you know, your reactions to this episode, please find me on Instagram at HaleyWilliams.Kindled. Um, of course there will be the post about this episode that I will post Monday as the episode airs. Um, and as always, I'm, I'm open and available to your guys' feedback and, um, I know, want to know what you're thinking and, and how you are receiving, um, these episodes. I, I want this to be a show that you enjoy, but I also want it to be a show that challenges you and that you come to for perhaps, um, not the easiest message for you to hear because what is easy often doesn't change us. Um, what is simple is often not the most transformative. And I, if I know you guys, the listeners of this show, I know that you desire to be transformed into the image of Christ. I know that you desire to be more like him. And I hope that I can be an encouragement on that journey. I hope as I am also seeking that, um, that he continues to show himself faithful to all of us, as I know he will. He always does. Um, I certainly don't put myself out there as an authority. You know, I don't put myself out here as, uh, you know, a great teacher or theologian, but just a woman who um, wants to uh, wants to bring things to light. I want to bring things into the light um, that that often remain in the darkness. Um or just remain untalked about and therefore have more power over us uh, to potentially lead us astray or, um, you know, cause us to think wrongly um, or believe wrongly. And I hope that that is what I did today. Um, But if you did not get that, please let me know. And uh, I would be open to your constructive, kind criticism. Um, if you like this episode, screenshot it and share it with a friend who needs to hear it or um, maybe someone else who's like-minded and um, needs some encouragement as they are fighting the good fight. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. And I hope you will um, take a second to leave a rating interview on this show. If you have not done so yet, helps me out so much, helps me greatly. Um, if you want to join us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash kindled podcast. We also have a uh, kindled women Facebook group that you can find us uh, on the on my website. There's actually a real easy link to, to join the group on Facebook. So go to kindledpodcast.com. That's where you'll also find all the show notes and all the other information that you could possibly want to know about kindled. All right. Thank you guys so much and have an amazing week. Bye.